Welcome back to another episode of the Kenny and Co. Show. I am your host, Kendall Marie Zappa, and we are in a new year. We have made it to another year, and I am so excited to be back on the mic with you and back in the saddle again. I've been out of this podcast game for like a few weeks here, and I just tried recording this intro like six different times, and I don't think I know how to speak English anymore. But anyway, Happy New Year. It's 2024. You can't hear my dog growling on the floor, but it is hysterical. He's just like either disagreeing with everything I say or just like having himself an afternoon. But it's 2024. We made it. We made it. Crash landing, if anything, but we made it. And I'm so happy to be back doing a podcast episode by now. You have maybe possibly seeing that I announced that I am expecting in this lovely 2024 year, I am having a baby in end of June, July. Technically, so like I need to like let the cat out of the bag. I am like fibbing a little. They gave me the due date of June 30th and I don't know why, but it just doesn't feel like the right date for me. Like the vibe just doesn't feel right. No shade to anybody with the birthday of June 30th. However, like July 1st just sounded better. So that's like where I'm landing with it. Again, due dates mean absolutely nothing. I'm having a baby sometime at the end of June and sometime in the beginning of July. And that's that. But for some reason, July just feels more in alignment. I don't know what that means. It doesn't change the astrological sign of this baby at all. But for some reason in my brain, I don't know, something about like a 4th of July weekend baby sounds about right. Um, So we're going to get into all of that. But if you are not here for pregnancy information, (laughs) first trimester woes, because we're going to, oh my God, I can't believe you definitely cannot hear Archie. He's like not getting picked up on the mic, but I wish you did because it's actually hysterical. Um, But if you're not here for all the pregnancy stuff, don't worry, we're going to get into some other just like holiday things and whatnot, end of year things, ins and outs, goals, not really, but like, you know, like New Year's stuff. So we'll get into that. So I shared with everyone on New Year's Eve that we are having a baby after a very long, drawn out uh, attempt at having a baby. So if you've been here for a while, you know I had a miscarriage, unfortunately, in June of 2021, which honestly sent me on like the spiral of Zentry. Now, like in hindsight, looking back at it, like I can more adequately understand what was the last two years. And I've talked about this in other podcast episodes too, where it's like, okay, not only um, was it still kind of like the middle of COVID, but we also moved, we were building this house out. We moved in with my mom. We sold the house that I'd grown up in my entire life that Tim and I bought and renovated. And my business at the same time, like something went bump in the night with my beauty counter business and I was taken completely off guard. And then next thing you know, I got pregnant and then I wasn't pregnant. And it was such a mind fuck to put it lightly. And if you've ever been in that situation, I have so much empathy for you because it is the worst club to be in. Nobody wants to be in that club, but um, there are a lot of us. And I have a couple episodes on miscarriage and all that um, that maybe I can like link in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to like a more in-depth discussion around that. Um, But just like looking at like the macro of the last two years, like the really big picture of it all, 
I've like been searching to try to get back to my mindset prior to that period, like that event in life. I prior to that was like the most positive person I knew, like super ambitious. I had a rock solid mindset. Nothing could fuck with me. I felt like I was on this, like, you know, when you go on a roller coaster and you're like ticking up, you know, right before the big drop, (laughs) I just felt like I was ticking up and I just hadn't made it to the top yet. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. We are doing the most. We are just killing it. Life is good. All the things are happening. And then even when I got pregnant, I felt very much like, again, we're just doing the most. We're just crushing goals left and right. Like things are great. And then right before I had my miscarriage, uh, my business, as businesses did shift and change during that time, like something crazy happened and like overnight it felt like I got the rug ripped out from underneath me. So that was like trauma number one (laughs) on top of like the micro traumas of like moving out of your childhood home, which is such a first world problem, but it still like has like emotional baggage and all that comes with it. Um, and then just the stress of trying to buy this house and get contractors and all that stuff and all the money and all the things. Then to find out that I was no longer pregnant was quite a, uh, kick in the ass. No, not kicking the ass because kicking the ass sometimes is good. It was a like kicking while you're down kind of thing. Um, so it wasn't a special experience that I had wanted to have. Obviously nobody does. And it just felt like everything was just compounding one after another. So I say that because I think when I had my miscarriage, I thought I was going to get pregnant quickly after um, because I was like, oh, this is great. My body can get pregnant. We'll just do it again next month. It'll be great. And then when next month turned into the month after and the month after that, and you know, if you're in that season of life where you're trying to conceive and if you're not not to say that you will be, but if you're not, maybe this will give you some insight into maybe some friends that are having a similar experience to kind of understand maybe what they can't articulate or tell you is that it becomes an all-consuming thing in your brain um, that you like really don't have any control over. You could be the most like sound individual and rational person and still not have control over this part of your brain and your brain constantly thinking about wanting to get pregnant, not getting pregnant, wanting to get pregnant. When should I try to get pregnant? How like doing math and, and all this crazy stuff that comes along with conceiving, which in, in the broader picture is quite literally a miracle how it all just happens. But some people happens right away and they don't have to go through that, which is a beautiful thing, but everybody's got their shit. Everybody's got to go through something, right? Like it's not, it's not like a get out of jail free card. If you get past this part without any issue, you know, everybody has their thing that they have to go through. And the conceiving part is really difficult because it's so much lack of control. And I think most people, including myself, have a hard time with things that they can't control. We all do. We all want to be able to say when, where, how, why, you know, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We want to know with assurance that this plus this equals this and it will work and it will happen and then we can plan and we can do this. But that's not how the world works and that's not how God works and that's not how the universe works. And ultimately you usually get what you need and not what you want. So I tried and then had to stop because mentally I could not handle. So you may hear if, you know, again, if you're not in this like 
life, life, life stage, or you're not in this world, like the two week wait. And that's like a big, um, thing that, you know, women that are trying to conceive it's, I, I really try to stay away from a lot of social media accounts that like talk about this because it's a lot, it's a lot to like read and it's a lot to deal with when you're already trying to deal with your own shit. So, but if you are online, you'll see it, you know, phrased that way, two week wait. And all that means is like the two weeks between ovulating and hopefully trying to get pregnant and getting your period. And when I tell you that in those two weeks, so 14 days, all you are thinking about, regardless of whether you think it's a rational thought or not, all you are thinking about is, am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Please don't get my period. Please don't get my period. And then it turns into, I'm probably just getting my period because then you don't want to psych yourself up. So then you just are hoping to get your period. It's like the fucking stupidest, weirdest thing ever. And then you get your period and you're like, well, I just said I was expecting my period because I didn't want to psych myself up. But then like in the back of your mind, you were still hoping that you wouldn't get your period. And then you did. And now it's like a whole spiral. And then you spend the rest of the day crying. And then like you get your period and your hormones start to regulate. And then you feel good for a couple of days. And then you feel great for like a week and a half because you're filled with hope. You're filled with the hope of the Lord will bless you with a child. And then comes the time you do it, and then you're right back into the depression. And it is a cycle that repeats over and over and over again until you get pregnant. And then there's like a whole other whole other set of things which we can get into. But it's just this vicious cycle. So if you're in that period of time, I would suggest taking a break and like an honest break because um, it's not like six months is going to make that big of a difference. As long as you've gone to the doctor and all your numbers and levels and everything check out fine and you're not like pressed against the clock, that's a different story Then you know, don't take any of this advice. But if you can just take some time off from it because you will drive yourself and everybody around you crazy. You will become a shell of who you are. And I think for me, like when I look back on the last two years, I, I feel like I've been in Groundhog Day or like on this hamster wheel of just repeating the exact same patterns and not able to get my brain out of certain programming and wiring. And that, that used to be something I used to be so good at. I could get myself out of any funky brain funk at, at any time. And now it's like, well, I really, I really can't as, as easily as I used to. I still can, but it is hard to get yourself back up from that spiral. So, um, yeah, it's been a roller coaster of the past few years. And again, if you're in that season of life, I am telling you, I'm telling you, it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. I know it will happen. I knew it would happen. I knew I was supposed to be a mom. And again, anything can happen. And I still have anxiety. I think what the big misconception for me was that once you got pregnant, all of that anxiety would go away. And I actually had the opposite effect or feeling. I felt even more anxious once I actually got pregnant. So I'm telling you in the sense of, I know it will happen. If you know you're supposed to be a mom, that can happen in so many different ways. And to just be open to all possibilities. And where I feel like the thing that shifted for me in the last few months is I really took some time to take inventory of my my routines, my day-to-day life. 
I cut back on teaching a ton of classes because I was just running around, which is usually the pace that I'm used to operating at. And, but it's not the pace conducive of getting pregnant. Um, I'm just used to doing a lot of things and running from here to there and being on the go and keeping myself busy. And I wasn't realizing how much stress that that was putting on my body. So I cut back on a ton of classes. I took a bunch of time off this summer, took two weeks off this summer, which I haven't done in a really long time. Um, and I really checked out for two weeks. I didn't even think I got in the car for two weeks. I just was in seaside for two weeks and read and went to the beach and like took it easy and really just slowed down. And then I cut back even more classes in September. And then in October, I got pregnant and I was kind of shocked when I got, when I found out that I was pregnant (laughs) and I was also not shocked because I feel like I have, I felt it all happen. I felt my egg drop. I felt like conception happen. I felt implantation happening. Like I feel like I felt every stage of it. And again, because you don't want to psych yourself up, you convince yourself like those are just those are just like random, <laughs> random nerve pains or just like random feelings that you're getting. Like it means nothing. And it's, it was not, it was not. So once I found out, I remember I was, I was starting to get to the point where I was like, I am a few days late. I'm usually pretty regular, but there have been times in this, you know, two year period, two and a half year period that I was like a week late and then I got my period. And so for me, I never took pregnancy tests. The only two pregnancy tests I've ever taken were, um, when I was pregnant both times for me, it felt harder to take a pregnancy test and get a no than to just get my period. Uh, so that's what I did. So I never took a pregnancy test. And then I finally said, I was like, I feel like something, I think the one indication was I didn't want to drink which is, if you know me, I didn't want to drink, which is so not like me. And I was like, that's interesting. I also had like, I thought I had like the flu for like two days. I had like a fever and chills and I was sleeping. I was taking like three hour naps in the middle of the day, which is kind of unlike me. And I was like, oh, I must have like the flu. So there were like definitely like other things that kind of made me feel like, oh, this might be a thing. And then I remember when I took it, I couldn't even go look at the results. I had to send Tim in to look at the results. And like in the back of my mind, I recorded it from like the outside of the bathroom. Like this is how fucked up your brain gets because like I didn't want to record it if it like wasn't positive. So like I put the phone outside of the bathroom. So you couldn't even see in the bathroom. And I was like, just in case, like just, just in case I'll put this here and I'll press play or record and I'll record it. And then <laughs> I sent Tim in and Tim's like, uh, yeah, there's like a, there's like a line. There's like a faint, faint line. And the thing is when you take a pregnancy test, if there is even like a glimmer, a little glimmer of that line, you are positive. Like it's, it, it is it. And it gets darker as the days go on. But if you see a little something, something, you're positive. And I remember like going in and the, I, the feeling that you think you're going to have, especially if you've been trying to conceive for a little while is that you're just going to be elated that you are going to be like over the moon. And maybe that is someone's experience. Again, I cannot speak for everyone and I'm not trying to make blanket statements. I'm just trying to maybe 
shed some light on expectations that I had that were <laughs> totally wrong. So he said that it was positive. I went and looked at it and I was like, oh my God. And I was shaking. We weren't trying. And when I say trying, it's you're ovulating on this day and you're like making like damn sure that you are (laughs) trying on the days specifically in line with your ovulation in the attempt to get pregnant. That's what I mean by trying. What I don't mean or what trying doesn't mean is just having at it and like, like, uh, it is what it is. This was a, it is what it is. One of those moments, like I knew I was like around ovulating, but I was like, fucking haven't gotten pregnant yet. Like what the fuck is the difference? Like probably not going to happen this time. And then it did. And I just remember being so overwhelmed with fear, like right away. It was not a feeling of like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh my God, I'm overwhelmed and I'm thrilled and I'm elated and filled with joy. It was, I am crippled with anxiety because once you know how bad it can go, your mind goes right there. It's, it's, it's like impossible. It's like a trigger that, you know, I've worked a lot on the trauma around my, my miscarriage and being triggered by things. And I talked about that on stories this week too. But it's like, that is like the deepest trigger. And obviously I hadn't had to work through that one yet. And having to really like sit in that for a few minutes of just being like, don't get too excited. This could all end tomorrow. Um, is really a fucking weird feeling. <laughs> so I say this just in case this happens to you. Don't feel like you are like a terrible soon-to-be mother or a terrible person if you are not jumping for joy when you see that pregnancy test because deep down you are. You are so excited, but you are riddled with the what-ifs and you've already been down that road and you know how bad it can be and you know that you mentally might not be able to make it through another one of those things. So it's so normal to feel that way that doesn't make it better but it is normal so that's how I felt um and shortly after uh finding out that I was pregnant um ironically the fertility doctor that I had been seeing um earlier in the year she had called me back to do some follow-up testing on my AMH levels in September and she had called like the next day. So I found out, I found out, uh, right before Halloween and they called and they were like, Hey, we have your results from your AMH, blah, 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 this, this, and this, like call us when you want to start IUI or IVF. And I had known that I wasn't at that point yet that I wasn't ready to do IUI or IVF. But I said, I was like, well, ironically, uh, I just took a pregnancy test and I am pregnant. And they were so excited and they were like, oh, okay. They were like, that's wonderful news. I'm so glad that like we called and that you were able to tell us that. Do you want to come in for early monitoring? Which sometimes I think the stars align because I don't know if I would have known that this was an option um, had like that phone call not happened. Um, And early monitoring is just you come in right away for blood work, uh, an ultrasound to confirm, um, pregnancy and follow up blood work for like a few days to check and make sure that your levels are rising, that you you don't have to like get on progesterone or anything like that. So I went in right away and I got blood work done. 
then the following Monday I got blood work done, then the Tuesday I got blood work done, then I got an ultrasound, and then I got an ultrasound every week up until I was eight weeks. And it was really surreal. Um, Part of me was like, that is an excessive amount of ultrasounds. Um, If this was my first pregnancy, I would probably maybe say, I don't need to do all those ultrasounds. However, considering my history and my mental state, it helped so, so much. Um, So I got those ultrasounds weekly. They tested my blood work weekly just to make sure all the levels were rising appropriately and everything was good, which it was. But even when I heard the heartbeat, which (laughs) was wild, like I think around seven think around seven weeks I heard the heartbeat for the and I was so caught off guard because I didn't think a little blob like that could have a heartbeat it was the craziest feeling experience ever it was so surreal and Tim hadn't come with me to these appointments because honestly I just in my brain it still had not like sunken in that I was pregnant I was just still going through the motions of like this is what I have to do in order to get pregnant oh wait, I already am pregnant kind of thing. Like I was not even thinking. And so I got like the ultrasounds, but it still did not feel real. I had dinner with friends like the week after I found out and I told them because I wasn't, I was so petrified of talking about it because I thought I would jinx it. Um, so I wasn't yet ready, which is so unlike me because you know me by now, I am an overshare to like a T. <laughs> I overshare like the second things happen that's how I process things like I don't mind like it that's what helps me through but this for some reason I was like if you share it you will put a vex on it and jinx it and it will be over before you know it and I actually wound up having some spotting that weekend and again I was like that was that was it like uh, okay this is over a week that's all I got is like it's gonna be over I had tremendous back pain I could have sworn I was going into a miscarriage and it, but it never got like as bad as it did when I had a miscarriage, obviously, but I was just petrified, petrified, petrified. And then once that stopped, uh, like a week later, that was very reassuring and refreshing and my ultrasounds were great and everything was fine. I got discharged from my fertility specialist and went to my midwives and then they started monitoring me from there. And I have to say that now I'm just about 14 and a half weeks. And again, if you're not pregnant and you hear all these pregnant people talking in weeks and you're like, this is just so fucking annoying, just say months. The reason why it's in weeks is because everything you do with your midwives or your doctors is in weeks. And everyone has a a day that they turn over their weeks on. So for me, my week turns over on Sundays and the weeks are based on when the last date of your period is. And that's what determines your due date. Um, and so the reason why pregnant women know exactly to the day, how many weeks and days they are is because it's like drilled into you and you literally take things day by day. So you know that, okay, I was 14 weeks Sunday I'll be 15, 15 weeks on Sunday. I'm halfway through, like I'm 14 and a half weeks. So it sounds so annoying. It's like, I get it. Like when you have kids and you're like, he's like 37 months. 
<laughs> it's like, to me that this like gives me the same energy as telling me your kid is like 37 months. So maybe when I cross that bridge and I have a 37 month year old, like I'll explain why the fuck people still, you know, measure their baby's years in months. But for the most cases, I have been saying I'm three and a half months because that's more accurate to the average Joe to understand instead of doing some fucking stupid math. So in three and a half months, um, and it's still not real sometimes my first trimester. So, I mean, I am coming out of quite literally the biggest fog I think I've ever gone through. Second hardest thing. The first trimester for me was the second hardest thing next to my miscarriage that I think I've ever gone through. Yeah. For, for the context of this conversation. And I think I severely underestimated, or just not even underestimated the first trimester because you hear stories and you, oh, the nausea and the morning sickness and the fatigue and then this. That was all well and good. And I mean, the nausea I still have, the fatigue is rough. Um, but for me, the mental strain that it put on me was absolutely absolutely incredible. I was not prepared for that. I did not understand that that was possible. I didn't, I didn't hear many people talk about the like depression in for, in the first trimester. And maybe it's not a universal feeling, but for me, that was so, so true. I had severe depression in the first trimester. And now in hindsight, there are things that I think contributed to that. And I can get into that, but I think for me, it felt like a complete bottoming out of my hormones. And that's exactly what happened. So your estrogen and progesterone like kind of lay like kind of dormant for your whole first trimester because your HCG, which is what helps grow the baby, is rising. It's like compounding every day um, until you get to like week nine, 10. And then it starts to kind of like, fall off a little. So that's why you are so nauseous and you're so tired and you're so sick and ugh, all these things you have crazy smelling and food aversions and all of this stuff. And it's super heightened between like, I'd say like five weeks and 12 weeks, like that chunk of time is brutal. And it's just because you have no other hormones <laughs> working in your favor and you just have your body's sole priority is making sure that that this embryo turns into a fetus and grows and stays where it's supposed to. So the, the symptoms to me were, were reassuring as much as they were fucking miserable, but I was not expecting the depression that I felt. And it's funny because I'm hyper aware of postpartum depression and it's something I'm vigilant about learning as much as I possibly can prior to that happening because I know myself and I feel like I might be susceptible to that, especially with lack of sleep. So I'm like hyper aware of the postpartum depression, but I'm like, whoa, what the fuck was nobody like talking about like first trimester depression? Like, are we just, just brushing that under the rug or did we all have amnesia? Which is the thing. It is a thing. It is a thing. Like you come out of that and you suddenly forget how fucking miserable you were. Um, and again, there are people listening to this that were like, I loved the first trimester. And that is amazing. I am not knocking you at all. And I'm not saying that this is everybody's experience. I'm just sharing my experience. And if it's my experience, I would imagine there's other ones of you out there that also have a similar experience. Um, but the biggest thing that I can compare it to is 
if you like the few days before your period, again, this is how I feel like a couple days before my period, just like low, unmotivated, like I just want to kind of curl up like just not myself. It only lasts like a day and a half, two days. And then I got my period and then we are back at it again and we feel fucking great. It's like those two days for three months and it just feels like it's never gonna end ever. (laughs) And that's the only way I could describe it is like that complete apathy lack of motivation, lack of ambition, just lack of everything. Life is like useless. And I'm like, not trying to be dramatic, but like literally your brain goes to like the dumbest places. And (laughs) I would be talking to Tim and he's like, okay, we both can't be like negative. Like you're, you're the positive one in this relationship. Like I can't do this (laughs) for both of us. Um, but you just, yeah, I just felt like completely bottomed out, which my phone was making me nauseous. So I couldn't even get on my phone. And then even if I did, you know, want to get on stories, like I didn't even want to show my face. What the fuck was I going to talk about? Um, how miserable life is. (laughs) Like I was going to bring absolutely nothing positive to the conversation. So, um, that's why I went MIA for a little while. Um, the good part is that it like kind of fell over the holidays. So people kind of gave me some grace and we're like, I should just taking the holidays off. Um, but yeah, the depression was something that I was not anticipating and just know if you are, oh, there's Archie. If you are in like that season, just realized I have my other earring. That's not in, um, if you are in that season of your pregnancy or you're early in your pregnancy, like don't be alarmed if that happens. Um, when you do, you know, when you do go for your checkups or anything, like it's okay to tell your doctor or your midwife or whoever, like, Hey, I am feeling depressed, like depressed, depressed. Like this is weird. Like I'm not myself. I'm not. And they will reassure you or help you or, you know, make sure you're taking certain supplements, make sure you're taking your prenatals and all the vitamins that you need, um, to try to help counteract that. Because the thing is like, people will say, Oh, like get up and go for a walk and, you know, move. Movement is huge. Movement is the medicine that you need to be honest. The problem with movement is you have to have the will to want to move. (laughs) And when I tell you the will to do just about anything ain't there. Um, in in hindsight now, how I can look at it clear is the days that I felt the best were the days that I was teaching in person. So I teach a few days, a few days a week in person. Um, and on those days I had to get up, I had a purpose. I had to be somewhere. I was around other people. I was moving my body through teaching. I was like forced to kind of do it. I think for me, what made my depression 10 times worse was the fact that I work from home the other days. And once you're home, you feel like, you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You know, I would try to work from the couch or bring my laptop to the couch. And then once you're on the couch, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy thing. It's like, you feel like shit already. Then you're on the couch and then you kind of like lean into it a little bit more. And then it just makes you feel 10 times worse. And then you get to the end of the day and you haven't really moved. You haven't taken any steps. The idea of like getting up to get dressed, to go outside, to go for a walk is, was just unfathomable. And it gives me a lot of empathy for people that are dealing with deep depression because I get it. I fully get it. I've had other like 
acute bouts of depression here and there. Um, you know, like a few days and usually it's like hormonally related. If I had a really bad cycle or I was just like off my routine or really eating like shit, you know, I think that definitely affected things. And when I hurt my back, you know, I was in chronic pain. I could understand the depression there a little bit, but this gave me so much empathy for how absolutely impossible it seems to get yourself off the couch. (laughs) Like, The simplest thing just feels like your brain. It's like so overwhelming. And the other thing that compounded this is that, you know, I do work through my ADHD and the tools that I'm usually able to lean on for my ADHD, I wasn't able to utilize during this time. So I would take nootropics and, you know, nootropics aren't really studied during pregnancy. It's like, can you take it? Can you not take it? I don't know. So I wasn't taking anything to help my brain be in a better position, you know, outside of my prenatals and my supplements and stuff. There wasn't anything else that I could lean on. I was drinking caffeine up until like week six, and then I completely lost the taste for it. Oh, the smell. I didn't even like the smell, the taste, the idea of a hot beverage. I remember getting a, I, my favorite my favorite iced coffee is a cold brew from Rook Coffee here down down in Monmouth County. And I can drink that thing, no problem. It is my favorite, favorite thing ever. I remember I got one. I took two sips of it. I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> and I threw it out. And that was the last coffee I had had literally until like a week ago when I had a cappuccino. Um, and you're allowed to have coffee when you're pregnant, up to 200 milligrams. Like, it's fine. 200 milligrams is a decent amount of caffeine. Um, would I recommend 200 milligrams? Probably not, but like you can have a cup of coffee. It's fine. So I was drinking coffee until like I physically couldn't anymore. So I think like having that little like dopamine hit would have been really great if I could have done it, but I couldn't stomach like a matcha, a hot beverage, a coffee, like none of it seemed appealing at all to me. So I think, you know, the, the state of my schedule during the first trimester of being home a lot it being winter, I typically don't do well in this season to begin with. I think I've said that a hundred times on these podcasts, how much me in the fall and the winter don't really mesh. Um, so that, and then just the hormonal complete bottoming out, um, just really did not set my brain up for success. <laughs> so in hindsight, if you are in that season and um, you're feeling a little bit more depressed than you are accustomed to or used to dealing with or knowing how to get out of. Just know it will pass. I promise you it will pass. You're not going to do anything crazy while you're in it. You just have to let it move through you because that's exactly what it's doing. These hormones are moving through you and they're there to support you, but you are not the priority in the whole scheme of things at this current venture. But if you can do your best to get outside, and I don't mean Okay. And this is like another thing getting outside to like go walk by myself was like not appealing to me. I needed to like see people and be social and be in community with people. And you have to really know your personality. And that is my personality. I like being around people and I wasn't around enough people. And on the days that I was, I felt great for the most part. I mean, I felt, I still had nausea and I still had like just overall just like feeling, but I was distracted most of it. Um, I'm not saying go out and, you know, run yourself ragged, but that is something that I 
would have doing it this if I if and when I do this another time that is something that I will absolutely have to make sure that I do um so yeah that was probably my biggest lesson in this in this first round here um these first three months I'm feeling much better everybody was you know I have a few friends that are you know a few weeks ahead of me um, and I've been chatting with a bunch of you on Instagram that like kind of had an inkling that I was pregnant and like just slid into the DMs and was like, I know, bitch, I know you're pregnant. Um, and it's really cool because, you know, having someone just even a few weeks ahead of you is so helpful. It's like a, it's like a pregnancy shaman, um, like a first trimester shaman. And you all just assured me, you were like, just hang in there. It will get so much better. The second trimester is so much better. Like you will feel such a relief and sometimes that doesn't happen until like 16 weeks or so. Um, but for me, it happened kind of like overnight, I would say right around week 12. Um, and now I'm, you know, 14, 14 and a half um, weeks and I feel a lot better. Today I woke up and I feel probably the best I have felt in, you know, over three months. Um, it's still so surreal. It feels like it hasn't sunken in. It doesn't feel real in a weird way. And I don't know if that's me still being afraid and scared, even though I can fully feel everything going on, you know, in my stomach right now. It's just, it's like a, just a weird, a weird thing that you can't, you can't really put your finger on like why you're feeling this, but, um, I definitely think that making sure that you're getting, you know, like the right supplements and sleep and, um, just letting it move through you. Cause that's the only thing I could do. I just remember being like, God, I fucking surrender. <laughs> like whatever this is, like, I just like, Oh my God, like just let it pass through me because I know it's not forever, but when you're in the thick of it, you're like, I will feel like this for 90 years. <laughs> and before we move on, a quick little ad break to pay the bills. You guys know how much I absolutely love, love my daily harvest smoothies. They have been my absolute saving grace during this first trimester of pregnancy when I couldn't even think about cooking or making food. There were so many foods that I didn't want, but for some reason, a daily harvest smoothie was definitely on the menu every single day. I would not have been able to get nearly enough protein or enough nutrient-dense food in my system without them. They are the most convenient way to get jam-packed meal on the go. I will make one and take it with me in the car on my way to class in the mornings, or I'll take one after lunch. I usually add milk. You can add milk of your choice and a protein powder and they taste delicious. They have so many good flavors. My personal favorite is the chocolate mint and the sweet potato cinnamon. And they have like a few new ones too, that I am in love with the almond date banana one. They are just so, so good. I'm going to leave my link in the show notes and you get $65 off your first box with my link, grab it, send it to a friend. You'll both be happier and healthier with these smoothies. I promise you that. Plus they have soups and snacks and tons of other goodies to check out. So click the link in the show notes. It'll get you $65 off your first box. And speaking of great ingredients, you guys know my love for Beauty Counter runs so, so deep. I've been using their products for makeup and skincare and body and shampoo and conditioner 
for the better part of five and a half years. I absolutely love their products. And especially now because I'm pregnant, everything of course is always pregnancy safe, cleaner and safer ingredients. They are the leader in clean beauty, advocating for better beauty laws in DC on your behalf, which is more than most companies can say, but it is my goal this year to help as many of you switch to safer products in 2024. So with that, you can get 20% off your first order at beautycounter.com by entering the code clean for all 20. It's clean for all 20. It will be down in the show notes and you will get 20% off your first order of beauty counter. And I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Okay. Now back to the show. So anyway, I am happy that I feel like I am back on my grind. Who knows how long this lasts? I don't know if this is a daily thing that I'll feel as good or it's just like out of nowhere that suddenly I feel good and then tomorrow I'm going to feel like shit, (laughs) go too hard, too fast, too soon when you feel good and then you just repeat the pattern and you bottom out the next day. I don't know. I'll report back. Um, But I'm so excited for the new year on top of it because I was such a Grinch this season. I've never been so (laughs) Scrooge before in my life. Tim was so tired of me and so over having to listen to me complain and do all the things um, because he's like, just shut up, just shut up. I would like watch home. If I'm like... (laughs) I said, I was like, if I see Home Alone on TV one more time, I swear to God, he's like, sit down, shut up. It was like laughable. Like I would be laughing because I was so, I had such disdain for the entire Christmas season. It was so, so sad. Um, I listened to Christmas music. I tried to like force myself into it. My tree is still up. My tree is up because it's still the 12 days of Christmas. Um, But like the whole season of things. Like I barely shopped for anybody. I was, yeah, I just was, there was no shot. I was participating (laughs) in this holiday season whatsoever. So I am thrilled, thrilled it's over. Um, happy to be in 2024, which sounds super far in the future, but here we are. Um, so pumped and jazzed for (laughs) the year that is to come because, I mean, it's going to, it's going to be a wild year. And I don't mean like wild just for me because I'm having a baby. I just mean like wild in general. It's an election year and we know how this goes. So we just got to buckle up buttercup because this shit is about to be lit. So that's fun. That'll be something to look forward to just to keep us, you know, on our toes, you know, in fighting again. Maybe we learned our lesson in 2020. Maybe I don't think we did. I think because we're just like gluttons for punishment. Like there's a part of us that like likes to battle and like likes to fight with people. It's like a dopamine adrenaline thing that we might be addicted to. So like, I don't know if we like learned our lesson. We may have learned it, but we might not like implement the strategies to like make it better yet, you know? Um, So we'll just spend another year like being manipulated by the team, but we won't because like we know what's going on. But I mean like them, like out there, just, you know, people just watching too much too much TV, too much consuming, too much, uh, illegitimate news. And we'll just, you know, have to walk around on eggshell, but should we, or should we not? Should we just like say fuck it and just like be like, we did this once. We're not doing it again. Like we're not about to like fight with each other. We realize that like 
their entire goal is to just like pit us against each other. How did we get into this conversation? I was just talking about first trimesters and babies. And now I'm talking about politics. Anyway, I'm just saying it's going to be a fucking crazy year. So let's just like get that out of the way. Like let's acknowledge it now. Let's like take a big, deep collective breath. Like let's let settle in. Like our aunt Susie isn't the antichrist, you know, even though she thinks X, Y, Z and, you know, our neighbors aren't idiots because they watch X, Y, Z, you know, the things like, let's just take a step back and just take a big deep breath. Okay. Anyway, so there's that coming up this year. Uh, we'll be having the baby. Oh, we're not finding out the gender. This, I got a lot of questions on. We're not finding out the gender, which apparently is a very, uh, not popular thing to do because every doctor has asked me 16,000 times every time I go. And I'm like, no, I don't want to know the gender. Um, I have a couple friends that waited to find out and they said it was awesome. And I am not knocking you. If you find out early that you do you boo. But for me, I love surprises, love surprises. And I don't mind waiting for surprises. I am very excited to wait for this surprise. I have no preference on whether or not I want a girl or a boy. Tim thinks it's a boy when we went for our like nuchal. <laughs> Guys, there are so many fucking stupid ultrasound test things, this bleh, poking and prodding that they do under the guise of like pregnancy. It's actually ridiculous. And I've known all about this. I've been very, very invested in birth and pregnancy for a very long time. I thought I would have had babies in 2017. So like I've been on this train for a minute, but like the way that I arrived to this pregnancy, I was also like, okay, but I also need peace of mind. So like poke and prod me and do whatever you need to do. But I'm like, is this that like, I just got like a blood work thing for something. I'm like, really? Like I needed that. And I was like, did you have this when you had babies? She's like, no. I was like, how many babies did you have? She said, I had four. I was like, oh, so you just basically want 250 bucks for me. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so we're going to wait to find out what it is, what the baby is. Tim thinks it's a boy when we did go for the nuchal scan, which is like to measure the back of their neck to make sure everything's fine and everything's growing properly, which thank you. I'm glad it is, but we'd find out sooner or later if things weren't growing properly, but whatever. Um, but it was cool because I brought Tim for that and that was at the hospital and it's super clear. The ultrasound, it was amazing. And the baby was basically using my uterus like a springboard. And the technician was like, hmm, someone's a little energetic. We can't get a photo. And like bouncing off the walls. And I was like, if this isn't Tim as his child, I don't know what is. So Tim thinks it's a boy. Um, and I kept trying to remind him that the umbilical cord is not his pichelin. And the tech had to remind him. And he's like, mm, I think it is. I'm like, no, it's not. Nope, it's not there yet. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see it. So anyway. I digress. I have no inkling whether or not it's a girl or a boy, really. And I have no preference. Um, but we shall see. We'll all find out together. How exciting is that? <laughs> we'll all find out together. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this year. I feel like I have tried to spend the last week, now that I'm feeling a little bit better, like organizing my goals and my life plan because I think for me at least, when I have an impending deadline, I tend to pick up the pace on things. And I know having a child does not mean the end of things, but the beginning of something bigger and greater. Um, but I do want to make sure that like I can provide for this child uh, in the fashion that I'd like to. So I have some like big 
business goals that I feel like are achievable for the first time in a long time because I got my brain back a little bit. So I hope my brain sticks with me through this because that would be great. Um, I need to like redo, I'm looking at my vision board right now and it's really cool because there is on my vision board a girl, a little black and white photo with a girl with a bump and then another girl with a bump and ultrasound, like she's holding ultrasound pictures. So don't knock a vision board because it's up there. And then right above that, so this vision board is kind of two years old at this point. Right before that is, or above that, is my wedding. It's like my vision board for my wedding. And it pretty much like looked, minus the really awesome band, it looked just like that. So I have to re-judge my vision board as should you. Um, Vision boards are great. And if you're yucking a vision board, go try to make one and then tell me it doesn't work. But seriously, it's just like more, like more than anything, it's just fun. It's just like fun to put things together and to dream and to like get into that vibrational frequency of things. So that's what I have to kind of recalibrate. Um, I have some goals for the podcast, more sponsors for the podcast. I really just want to be on a microphone and make money from being on a microphone and sharing things that I love. (laughs) Who doesn't want to do that? Um, so maybe we can get some of this done, um, before the baby gets here (laughs) and I can get my ducks in a row for that. Um, but in the meantime, I will be showing up more consistently now that I don't want to throw up every time I talk and every time I look at my phone and I'm so happy to have shared this news with you guys because keeping it a secret was driving me nuts. Um, and I just, I have to say like the biggest thank you um, to everyone for just being so overwhelmingly amazing and loving and and kind and just the amount of you that like sent me messages that said I've kept you in my, oh my God, like I will cry right now thinking about it. Like that you've kept me in your prayers these last few years and just, damn, that means... That means a lot. And we're here because of it. Truly. I, I, that, that literally is the only way I can justify this. It was not happening for a very long time. And, and it just happened. And I swear it's because people were... People had us in their thoughts and in their prayers and were gunning for us and just were kind of holding us in that space. So, oh my God, sorry. There are still hormones in the second trimester though. (laughs) Um, I just am so overwhelmed and grateful and very excited to share this journey with you guys. And I know like if you're not pregnant, you don't want to have kids. You're just like, ugh, and not in that season of life. I promise everything. I'm going to try my best not to make everything about pregnancy. And believe me, I would you know, be so over myself if I did, because that's not fun either. Um, but I am, it is, it is something I am very passionate about. So I am excited to share, you know, that piece of me and like that side of, of me, um, you know, in whatever capacity I feel like I can. Um, but I, I don't feel like a new person 
or a different person, so to speak yet. I feel like very much still myself and just in the ways that I want to share and that I want to show up and, and also, you know, be sensitive to other women who are trying, who are me, (laughs) who are me from, you know, six months ago, five months ago, and just, you know, wanting it so bad. And, um, and I hope that at some point in this, that my lesson of just learning to release and to let go and to let go and let God is the only thing that helped and, and gave me peace and eventually led me to being here. And still to this second, it is just still so much anxiety and still so much unnerving what ifs. And the beauty of social media is you have these communities of women that have shared experiences so that you know that you're not alone, but at the same time, it's, you're, you've never been so privy to what could go wrong. You know, 10, 15 years ago, like it was ignorance was bliss. You had to know someone who had a miscarriage or you had to know someone personally who had a a traumatic birth experience or a traumatic pregnancy experience or a traumatic loss or anything like that. And you had to physically know these people. And now you can just go on social media and you are able to learn about instances that had never even occurred to you. And it's, you're not going to search for it to give yourself more anxiety. They just kind of come up because you follow people and these people have experiences and they share these experiences and then they kind of get like filed away into your mind. And now you're like, wow, there are so many things that could go wrong. And it is truly a miracle. Like point blank, like the, the idea of like getting pregnant is truly miraculous. And like, I used to think that I was just like, Oh yeah, that's like a nice thing to say. Like, no, it is scientifically miraculous. It's, it's incredible. So, um, I hope that the next time you listen to this podcast, you find out that you're pregnant (laughs) because you will. And, um, and to thank you all for just sticking with me, bearing with me when I just fell off the face of the earth for a while. Um, thank you to everyone. Oh my God, who just has supported me in so many different ways and supported my beauty counter business. And I had, aside from feeling like absolute death and shit and just being so overwhelmed with feeling not like myself, I had one of my biggest business months (laughs) in November. Um, and that is thanks to you. So I am so indebted to you guys and filled with gratitude. And I just hope that I can reciprocate and give you back what you give to me because y'all were like keeping me afloat there for a while, for a very long time. So, um, we'll, we'll try to keep this to regularly scheduled programming, but I'm always open. If you guys have any questions, if there is anything that you want to know that maybe I didn't share, I think I tried to cover as much as I I could, I can always do like Q and A's and stuff on Instagram and save it there and you know, all of that stuff. But I'm just really excited for this year. I'm so happy to put 2023 in the past. Not that it wasn't a good year, not that it wasn't a great year. It just was a year and 
try to be as present as I possibly can this year. This year, my goals, <laughs> I actually said my goal is to stop complaining because um, I was really doing a lot of that in the last few months. So that's my number one goal. But aside from that is to just like be corny and take lots of pictures and revel in like really cheesy moments and just laugh and be with my people and and stop telling myself like the stories that keep me in this like weird hamster wheel thing so once I figure out what that story is and how I'm rewriting that I will let you know but those are my goals for 2024 so I think it's going to be a good one I feel like Aside from the state of the state that will be, we get to decide the frequency that we can carry for the rest of this year. And I think I'm going to decide right now that it's going to be a great one. So I'll leave you with that. I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. If you know someone that is in early pregnancy or struggling to conceive or anything like that, and if you find that there was anything helpful in this podcast, I would love for you to share it with them just so that they know that they're not alone. I hope you learned something from this, even if you are not in that season of life that might help you with a friend or a loved one. Um, Cause it's, it's a wonky world out there, but we got nothing if we don't got each other. So I'll leave you there. Love you so much. See you next week. <laughs>